Welcome to the Assistance Together podcast. My name is Henrietta Barker and I started the podcast at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. There was a huge shift for assistance in every aspect of their work and life and I wanted to make a space where you could have access to some of the most experienced trainers, and leaders in our assistant community, as well as hearing other assistants' experience of what it was like working during this time. This podcast is one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's been so great to get to know some of you, and I am excited about sharing many more episodes over the next few months. Don't forget to rate and review so that other people can find it easily and make sure you follow us on social. We are just about everywhere, so come and say hello. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for listening. This week is Mallory Rothstein, business administrative partner at Google and founder of More Than An Admin. Mallory speaks about her career, her experience at Google and starting More Than An Admin, a community for people to share experiences and ideas about their administrative role. She realised she wanted to help people learn, discover and leverage who they were and what their purpose is both within their role and outside of it. Mallory knows that she doesn't want to be in an administrative role forever, but works to be the best at what she does, whilst acknowledging that there are other opportunities out there. Helping people have a bigger business impact is also an important factor for her, and more than an admin is a space where people can talk about how they function in their role, what they enjoy about it, and if they want to move out of it. And this, I think, is something that is really quite unique to Mallory's community. I know that you're going to enjoy hearing about her experiences and how she has come to create this space for other people. And I think we should dive right in so that Mallory can tell you more about it. you know having looked and spoken to you a little bit about your career there must be well I'm assuming there are times where you've had to become very self-reliant because of the kind of jobs that you're doing do you think that's a fair assessment oh yeah for sure like especially my first job I I had no idea what I was doing for a lot of it, not because I was like dumb or anything, but just because there is no manual to going into different countries and having to um, ask for certain things. And my boss was very particular about things like he, we could only fax, we could not use printers. We had to fax Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So I had to like work with the hotel. I had to like learn how to make friends, but also kind of be like, this needs to happen. And it was definitely interesting because my boss always played like the bad guy, like he'd be yelling and I had to like kind of bring him down, but also have the people like look at me and see me instead of him. And I used to, it was, it was definitely difficult. He needed always distilled water 
wherever we went because he had this like sleep machine and um getting distilled water in other countries is not easy and a lot of times so there's like a different type of water that's like battery it's like something that basically if you breathe it in you could die like you can get major poisoning and some people would give that to us so we had to like if something was in Chinese or whatever like a lot of times we weren't able to 100,000 percent confirm that this was distilled water so it was just like it was really, I used to run be running around all the time and have to sometimes go out to different places. I remember being like South Korea and having to like go to the market or something and try to find, or, or it's China, try to find vitamin C for executives. And I'm like, I don't even know like what I'm reading. Like, I hope this is vitamin C. I hope the person that I'm speaking to like understands what I'm trying to find. I used a lot of Google Translate. That was like a big thing for me. Yeah, I'm so yeah, I've always said like that helped me a lot because um, I was I would write to a lot of people when or like type when we used to go to like remote places and try to like show them my phone. So it was um, I definitely had to be very self reliant during that uh, during that job. Even even sometimes at Google, I'd say Google is a much more collaborative environment, much more team environment. But there's definitely been moments in my career where I did not have a lot of other admins on my uh, sub team and I had to do a lot of stuff on my own or learn it, so. Yeah, and I, I suppose that in many ways, people talk about assistant roles being quite isolated often because you might be the only person in the business, you might be the only person in the team that's working in that way. I wonder if your experience of, of people in assistant roles or admin roles are genuinely quite self-reliant people because of the kind of role that they play within an organization. Yeah, I um, I talked to a lot of people about being in a small company versus a big company and a lot of the differences between them. And for sure the admin community, I think is a big difference in the amount of resources and support you have. And that's actually why I like being at Google is because you have a big network. There's over 1800 admins. So when I first started, like it wasn't until six months ago, probably that I started trying to network with other people outside of the community because I was like, there's 1800 people here and everyone came from a different company and has a different story. Like, let me get to know people here. And then once I was like, okay, I have a good network here. Let me start kind of like making moves outside of Google. And um, that's like that. yeah, you have to, you have to start with what's right in front of you because that's such, what's it, what do you think it's like coming from, you know, a very different type of business? What do you think it's like to have such a big network of admins? What do you think you've learned from, having that connection already within the business that other people often have to find externally. Um, how do you think, or what, what's the main thing do you think that you've, you've taken from that experience? I think that at the end of the day, a lot of what I've learned, at least at Google, is a lot of people have the same struggles and a lot of people have gone through a lot of similar things, not the same thing. Yeah. Um, but have all ended up at Google. And I think it's really cool to see like, like one, everyone doesn't have to take the same career path and everyone has a different story, but again, we all ended up here. And I think that a lot of admins struggle with a lot of the same things. Um, I think it's the same externally too. Like, I don't think that it's different, 
What I like um, about it as well is I've learned that really people just want to be respected. They want to be like, feel like you actually care about them beyond scheduling or the job. And I've gotten to really know people deeply, not just like, hey, can we get on a call and, and do our work? Like I've really tried to get to know people and have people get to know me and it's made life a lot easier at work. And I think people enjoy that. I think people externally enjoy that too. But I think it, I, I think that the reason why I've been successful at Google, a lot of it is the way that I network and communicate with people and make people feel seen and heard beyond just their assistant title and really try to get to know people. And I think that that's what I really realized in my life, specifically at Google, is when you get to know someone, there's so much more you can do because you have a, a bond with them. And I tell anyone that if you have an issue with someone, get on a call with them. Cause I've had issues with people scheduling where I'm like, this person is rude or this person is this. And then I realize it's just their email style and they're actually super nice or that, or, or someone has something going on in their life. And like, I've had different things go on in my life that I've maybe had not been like, you know, a bazillion exclamation points and have been on top of everything. And when people have done, taken the time to get to know me, they're like, oh, I didn't realize you're going through X, Y, and Z behind the scenes. And I think what I've learned is you really have to take the time to get to know people because you will not get, I think, as stressed out with your job. Like I don't get really stressed out at Google, to be honest, especially with scheduling. Like I'm like, this is not to me stressful. Um, but some people get like really stressed out. And I think because I get to know people, I know their style. I know if they're going to be up at 6 a.m. versus like up at 10 p.m. I know a lot of people now, so I kind of know how it will work and I trust people. Um, and I know some people that like might not get to it and I have to schedule first and or like give the times first or whatever it is. So I don't get as, I don't get that stress because I know so many people or I'm like, okay, I got to get to know that person next week or this week, whatever it is. I really like that because I think even email styles are so difficult. Are they? I have a lot of my clients have very to the point email styles, which at the beginning, like when I used to work with clients like that, I would be so anxious. I would get any, you know, just says yes or no or tomorrow. And I would just be like, I would be 100% stressed out that I'd done something wrong. But that is literally the way that they work. So there's nothing that I can do about it. And I don't feel the pressure. I'm interested in your take about that element of understanding and choosing to see people for who they are and accept that and how that can strengthen those relationships yeah I mean yeah I um I think that a lot of people what I've realized also is that a lot of people don't know themselves and so you it's I was in a relationship relationship with someone who I remember I, we're not together anymore but she, she had said something like I don't even know myself so I don't know if you can love me because I don't even know if like I know myself enough to even love myself and for you to love me. And I remember that being a really defining moment for me because I think a lot of people are in that boat. They don't know who they really are. They've had so many different people tell them. And I think it's the same as an admin. I think a lot of times your executives that you support sometimes define your career, define who you are. Yeah. And I think that I've tried to take again a lot of time to ask people, who are you? Like, mm -hmm. um, but you can only get to know people as deep as they know themselves. And so I always say, I know 
who they've shown me or I know what I can kind of infer from what they're saying. But I think there's definitely some people um, that I don't know, even though I've had conversations with, I don't know if it's their like real self. Um, but that's how I kind of see it is I tell people, I know you based off of, you know, what you show me and what you show yourself. Um, and I've definitely tried to do the same thing with me is be really honest about where I'm in, where I am in my life. Um, so that people kind of see my journey too, over time. Like I didn't do a lot of interviews and stuff for a while. And, uh, it wasn't until probably the last year that I've really decided to put myself out there. And a huge reason is I, I mean, I want to help people, but I also kind of want to document the journey so that like maybe when I'm 30 or 35 or whatever it is, people can look back at my first interviews and be like, wow, you've changed so much or you see the same or whatever it is, or you've grown um, and they can see that progression. Cause I think that a lot of times we don't do that is we don't show different parts of the journey. Oh, for sure. Because we all, you know, so many of us want to be the finished product before we show up to anything and there's no finished product. We're all evolving and changing and growing. And, you know, I feel like that's fun that you'll be able to do that. I wish that I would have been able to do that um, earlier on in my career to document what I'd done or what my thoughts were about things. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's a really nice intentional way to kind of set some milestones too for you and what you've achieved, which is really cool. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't, I need to start journaling more. Like I'm so bad at spending time journaling. I, I used to do it a lot more before. And for whatever reason, during the pandemic, I thought like you'd have more time to journal. I just didn't. And I feel as though a lot of the things that I document is like through social media or through interviews that I've done and whether that's good or bad, like that's just kind of how I feel as though I've documented a lot of stuff. Um, and so I think in, like I said, 10, 15 years, I mean, I love seeing what I posted on Facebook, even if it's ridiculous from like high school, like I love seeing the memories and stuff. And I think again, during these interviews, I mean, I have interviews from, I have one interview, interview from college that was so terrible that's on YouTube that you might've seen or someone has seen. And um, I remember like being fed, I could not, they would not let me say, um, like they would literally, if I said, um, one time they'd be like, let's start the tape again. So I started getting nervous because I was, I was like 19. I might even been 18 and they just kept on being like started over. So I got so nervous. I'm like, I can't even speak because I'm going to say, um, at least one time. And they just started feeding me, um, like, this is what you should say. And so that interview is so cringeworthy to me because I knew what was going on behind the scenes. I don't watch it, but like the rem the reminder that it's on YouTube and that people could see it, I like really hope that people see that and then they see me speak now and are like, wow, she has gotten so much better. And I tell young people, like high school students that I've worked with, please go online and search YouTube for like um, that video. And then there's another interview or um, speech that I gave early in my, um, right after I graduated college, I'm like, watch them because I'm not like, I was not, you know, as good as I am now, if I didn't have those terrible moments too. And I learned from them and I got better because of it. And I think a lot of young people, again, they see people like Oprah or, or whoever else is big and they are like, wow, they're such a great speaker, but they don't see like the early days of being terrible and, you know, really learning how to 
have a good voice and how to share your story and all of those things, they just kind of see like the end product where people are now so used to sharing their story, they know how to do it in a really crisp way. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And public speaking and interviewing and, you know, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a podcast, whatever it's for, it really is a skill that you get better and more confident at and you start to pull in different things that, and ideas that are important to you as you go along. But, you know, absolutely, the first... 20 times that anything is going to be pretty harsh that's just the rule and you touched on the work that you do in high schools obviously I've watched several times now actually your TEDx talk what going back to my high school taught me which I thought was so thoughtful and honest again and kind in the way that you kind of speak about your experience and Can you tell people a little bit about that? Yeah, so I gave a TEDx talk literally the weekend before everything shut down, which I got very lucky. And I was, what people don't realize, because I don't like share this all the time, people that know me in person, I was really sick. Like I could not speak. That day was the first day that I even practiced, did anything because my voice was completely gone. And so just to get on stage, and again, these are the things that people don't see. And I tell young people a lot, you don't know what has actually gone on for someone to get on stage somewhere. And so um, that was just a big moment for me to not like fall off the stage. Or I like, remember, I actually put water on the stage, but I don't think you can see it where I put it in the video um, because I was so nervous that I was going to start coughing because I had been coughing the entire day. And as soon as I got off, I started coughing again. And it was crazy because I didn't know at the time, like, you know, it was COVID in the US was just being kind of like, oh, might this come here? But um, anyway, the, the talk was about kind of me going back to my high school and what I learned from that experience. And I, the, my early days in high school were really dark for me and were very lonely. And I had definitely gotten bullied at different parts. And my, by my senior year, it was a much different experience, but going back, and then I ended up going back a few years ago and talking with four different classes. And I thought I was like going to go back for the students. And um, I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to give them, you know, so all my lessons. And then I kind of went there, was like, wow, I actually gained so much from that experience, probably equally or more. And I remember one of the first classroom, I forget if I said this in my TED talk, but the first classroom I went in, was actually the classroom that I felt the most anxiety in. I got bullied in and it was like this very weird moment of like, that was the first time I had been back in a, in a long time. And to stand there and to say to the students, you know, I'm taking this negative experience I had and making it positive for you. And I hope that, you know, if you're being bullied, you know that there's hope and you see how successful I've been. And if you are a bully, I hope you stop and see like what I can, what someone can become and it's not worth it. And so it was me kind of sharing a lot of um, certain things that I learned and the, the, I don't want to give away the entire part of the talk, but it was a lot about going back to your high school and not just going back to give back to others, but realizing that you can be on your own healing journey and you can get equal and to just encourage people to find like their one way um, to, to give back. Yeah. Don't tell everybody exactly what it is, but that experience 
not the TED talk, but your high school experience, it must have shaped many aspects of how you show up in the world now, your empathy and inclusion and decision to get to know people. Even when you talk about scheduling, that's a conscious decision that you've made to not take everything at face value. Definitely. There's, I have a big role with me. Like you cannot talk about someone's looks. That's a very big trigger for me that I do not allow. Um, I have called out a coworker. I remember one time saying like, oh, we're not going to do this right now. Um, because you can have preferences that's different. But if you're calling someone ugly or something, I do not deal with that because that was something that I went through when I was younger. And I just, it has definitely, I always say a lot of who I am is coming from me at 14 years old. And I do a lot of things in life. I'm inspired by like my 14 year old self and all the things that I went through back then. Um, so that it really puts things in perspective for me now, again, when I'm working, when I'm in romantic relationships, anything, a lot of it stems from that, that experience. And it's not to say like, I'm like harboring something about it. It just, yeah. it is what it is that there's certain significant moments in your life that you're always going to remember. And you just know that it reflects in your, in your current life. And so I think that's a big thing for me is just, I don't like when people talk about people period, but really about their looks, certain things that people said things to me um, about myself. I think I also have always just tried to be really helpful to others and a good person. That doesn't mean I'm always 100% perfect. I think when I say this a lot to people, they're like, you think you're so perfect. I'm like, no, I'm definitely not. But I really strive to be that. I really try to say, would my 14 year old self be mad at what I'm doing or saying to other people or expressing myself? And then on the flip side, I also say when I'm like 100 years old or 80 or however long I am, what legacy do I want to look back? And do I want to say, did I, that I had a lot of regrets in my life. Do I want to tell my kids, my grandkids that their mom or their grandma like did X, Y, and Z? Like, no, I want to, or like maybe, but I want to say that I did like good things. I don't want to reflect on and say, oh yeah, I was a bully or yeah, I did X, Y, and Z really bad things. And I, yes, I learned from it, but I still did it. I, I don't want to have to deal with that. Um, again, there's different mistakes, but I try really hard not to make the big mistakes that maybe other people do and just to be a genuinely good person with good intentions. And I always tell people, if you hear something bad about me from someone, I can 99.9% .9 say, besides maybe my sister who we've gotten into a lot of fights when we were younger, no one, I really think that I respond. I react, definitely that's something that I've worked on is reacting. I have big reactions sometimes, but I've never intentionally tried to hurt someone. I've never tried to like get back to someone where it would really hurt them. Um, keeping someone accountable is definitely different, but really try to hurt someone. I, I really don't think I've ever done that in my life. And I think that a lot of people who have been along my journey can, can speak about that. Um, and that really, again, all stems from my 14 year old self and wanting to kind of make her proud of who she's become. I love that. I know that you are in the process of building up more than just an admin tell me about it yeah so it's amazing um that I finally feel like I'm in a spot to really launch something because this idea 
really stems from two years ago. It originally was called Watch Us Thrive, then it was called Learn to Thrive. And I was speaking to a coworker at Google and I was like, hey, I have this, uh, this book idea and then I have this other like talk series idea. And she was like, oh, she's like, you're not gonna do Learn to Thrive. You're gonna do more than an admin. And I was like, okay, you think it's a good, good name? She's like, yes, it's good. It gets people thinking of what that really means. And it stems from a lot of the conversations that I've had with people at Google. Um, and every time I spoke to someone, I cared more about who they were outside of the role. And it wasn't like I was like an assistant is a bad thing to be. I just think we are more than just an admin or an assistant, whatever you want to call us. At Google, we call a lot of times we are called ABPs or admins. So that's kind of where I got that term from. And I, you know, a big thing is just helping people discover and leverage and celebrate who they are outside of their kind of core role and help them really realize what their purpose is maybe outside of the role or even in the role. I think so many times people are rushing to either get out of the role or they feel as though they have to stay in the role forever. And regardless of where you stand, it's really finding out what is your purpose within that role and then outside of it there could be two different things and that's even for me like i have a purpose i feel as though with being an assistant and i have a bigger purpose outside of that as well um and also helping people have bigger business impacts because i find that when you know who you are where you know where you're going um there's like a less pressure i think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on their career when they're an assistant to like show value and to like do all this stuff where I feel like when you really know who you are, your strengths and weaknesses, and, and all of that's out there, you can really focus on, okay, how can I best support the business? How can I best support my executive based on kind of who I am? Um, so I wanted to create this community of like people, again, celebrating self-growth, personal development, um, and also making it a safe space as well to say like, I either wanna be in the role forever or I don't wanna be in the role forever and need help kind of transitioning out of it because I personally didn't find a community out there that was doing that or saying it the way that I feel as though it needs to be said. So I'm like, I guess I got to create my, my own thing. So we're just like, you know, we're just launching, like my website is probably going to be up in the next week or two. It should have been up last week, but my power went out in California. So it kind of set things back. We have like a room, a club on clubhouse. Um, that we're doing meetups on and just trying to kind of grow this grassroots effort um, and seeing how many assistants the message resonates with. Yeah, I'm interested to talk to you about this idea of um, admins, administrators, um, assistants who want to kind of transition out of the role. And I think that this is, Maybe the assumption for a lot of admin spaces, which is not wrong for everybody, but for some people, like you said, this isn't something they want to do for their whole career. They want to be able to take it into different areas. And I feel like this is a conversation that isn't being had very often. There's a lot of conversation about other things that are highly relevant for assistance and so important. But this idea of developing your career in a different direction away from it is certainly not something that people talk about regularly. And if you don't have that space, then you are potentially 
cutting yourself off from opportunities if you feel that you want to move forward and you don't know where to go I totally agree I we have um summits at Google for um for the admins and they're regional based and I've always said I wish that the summit had like three different tracks where it was as I would say there's three types of admins there's career admins who know that they want to be an admin forever there's people who know they do not want to be an admin forever. And then there's people who do not know anything that they want to do. They're like, I'm in this role. I don't know if I want to stay in it. I want to know if I want to leave. And that's totally fine. But I think the career development is very different for those three groups based on do like what you know of yourself and being really honest with yourself. And I, I don't see a lot of spaces where it's okay to say, I don't want to be an admin forever. And that has always been my journey is I've told every single manager, I've told every single team that I've been on, I don't want to be an admin forever. I'm going to be the best admin on this team. I'm going to strive to do that, but I'm not going to be here 10 years, or at least that's not my goal to be here 10 years. And um, I, again, like that's a huge reason why I'm starting more than an admin is because like I want my podcast to have people that were former assistants and went on to be, um, have maybe fancier titles or just doing other things not because they're better than assistants. I think that's a hard reality that people don't want to talk about is they feel like if you talk about another career, it's putting down the assistant role. And I don't see that. Like I've been asked to be a program manager. I've asked if I want to do other roles and I've turned them down because I think the assistant role at Google is more, um, you have more insight, you have more leverage. I think you're more powerful as an admin than a lot of other roles. I think you have more job security if you're a good admin. Like there's so many reasons why I've stayed an admin at Google despite having opportunities to, to go into a different role. And I haven't been afraid to say like, I still don't wanna be in this role forever. Um, I'm not as much of a detail oriented person to be honest. And my directors that I support know that I'm more of a visionary. Um, and it's very hard for me to be detail um, oriented all the time. And so I don't think I'm totally 100% the best admin. I think what my, what my people like is I'm more strategic and I really like doing projects and things like that. But again, I just don't think it's a bad thing to say you don't wanna be an admin forever, but a lot of people take it very personal because especially career admins, I think that they take it like I spent my whole career doing this and you're going to say that, you know, you want to be something else. Is there something wrong with the role? And it's like, no, no, don't, don't, don't view it that way. And I want to have these conversations, um, whether it's on my podcast one day or, at, or in Clubhouse or in my Facebook group. I want to make sure that um, we create a safe space to have conversations around this topic. I think it's incredibly astute and important to be able to have these conversations I wonder what your thoughts are because for a long time the narrative within the assistant community has been that um, there are many people's experience is that they are not valued where they work mm -hmm. and I wonder if that feeds into the idea that if you say you want to do something else, that there could create some friction between you and the person that you're talking to. or Because if you feel that you haven't had the opportunity to create the style of role that you wanted, or it doesn't suit you that well, or you have felt undervalued in your job, then maybe that's partly the sting of 
I actually don't want to do this. I want to do something else as well. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think also a lot of executives have a very hard time of letting go of their assistant, whether they're good at their job or not. Like people don't want to be stigmatized of having a lot of assistants coming in and out, or they are like, I like you so much as my assistant. I don't want to have to find someone after five, seven years. They get like reliant, like truly reliance on you. And this is actually like part of more than an admin. Um, I want to have a big focus on entrepreneurs and business leaders and people in politics to, to start a movement, I'm going to be starting this pledge in a couple months. It's all about like pledging to invest in your assistant and to really develop them and, and give them the, the respect. And the respect sometimes is not chaining them to the role and yeah. really trying to have executives um, realize that it's okay to have your assistant transition into another role. And I think having those conversations early on when you get hired or even during the interview is super important. I tell that to a lot of people when they're interviewing is you have to ask sometimes tough questions because you're not just interviewing with them, but they're kind of interviewing with you, especially in an assistant role. And I definitely see the point that you're making. And I totally agree with it about um, uh, what you were saying before, because yeah, I just don't, I think that it's very tricky to transition out of this role because it's not just you know, I tell people when you're a program manager, at least at Google, you kind of like live and die by the program. Yeah. And then when assistant, it's like a person, it's different than just like work. It's like you're, you have to take into account this, everything, who this person is and how they're going to react. And I definitely had to tell different managers that I was moving on to another team or another company. And it was not easy. Um, and to have those conversations where they're like wanting you to stay, it's not easy. And, and also being able to tell people, give people feedback on why you're leaving. And um, I've had to do that before too, where it was like very difficult for me to explain why I was leaving a certain role or company. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that sometimes you have to have the confidence to take a risk or to just know, to be at peace with not sharing anything and to move on. Yeah, I mean, there's time, isn't there, for that it's a good idea to share some of the things. And there's times where you, like you said, you need to move on because it, but I, I find it I find it really refreshing that you want to have those conversations about people's careers in that way. I feel like also as a recruiter, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people tell me that that's what they really want to do forever because they feel it's going to give them an advantage. If, you know that if they if I'm interviewing them, then that somehow cements their commitment to this job. And as somebody who did not know what they wanted to do until, you know, like their late 20s. And I tried all the different jobs that I wanted to because I really needed to experience it. I have very, like, I think I have no judgment about how people choose to formulate their career and, and how you develop it and find what's relevant for you at that moment. It's very complex sort of process, isn't it? Working and creating your own self-identity and your own career path for yourself can be very, very challenging. Yes, totally agree. I think that you, like, when I had my initial phone screen at Google with my recruiter, I didn't say I only want to be in this role for like two years, which that was honestly what I thought the timeline was going to be before I left Google. And now I've been here for over four years. But I 
said that I know that I don't want to be an assistant forever, but I want, but this is the next phase of my career. And I think that there's ways to say it, to show like you're still committed to the role, but you might not want to be there forever. I think for me, I've taken a lot of risks in my career. I post a lot of stuff on social media. I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday and he's like, I don't know why you do that. But for me, like I've seen so many people look at what I post and give me opportunities. And I think that when people like lie about the role and say that they want to be there forever, they're actually cutting themselves off from really amazing opportunities that people might know that is better, a better fit for you. Or you're going to always, at least in my opinion, you're going to have a lot of anxiety because every day you're going to know you don't want to be in that role forever. And then you're going to have to have that conversation at some point with your executive that you support sharing that. So why not be honest in the beginning? I know that you know, you need to make money, you need to get a job. That's not what I'm saying that you, again, have to be 1000% transparent. But I always veer on the side of being more open during the interview stage and during the first like 90 days to just make sure that I don't have anxiety for myself, because I just know myself that I would have anxiety if I was like hiding something that big. Um, and making a and as long as I feel like you make a commitment to be your best and to actually have an impact. A lot of leaders and executives I have found, or maybe I've just been lucky, respect that because they have not wanted to be in the same position that they were in when they were younger. And a lot of also people have started out as assistants or are super successful now, and they kind of know if you don't want to be it forever, it's okay. And so I've met a lot of executives along my way who have been an assistant young in their career or have been in a similar type of role. And they love that I'm like, I don't necessarily want to be an assistant forever, but I'm super excited about being an assistant. Like I have felt very grateful to have the role. I feel like I've had so many opportunities. I've met so many incredible people. I mean, I never thought I'd do something called more than an admin. Like I did not think that that was part of my calling at all. And I've, and I've loved that. I've loved networking with people. And I think again, if you're just honest, more honest, I think you will find that you will find people that genuinely connect with your message that genuinely care about you. Like every time I tell, every time I told people that I didn't want to be an assistant forever, I feel as though you really get to see people's true colors and how they react. And I've, I've been grateful for that, especially with the executives that I support. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if, if people can hear that and take it on board about discussing what works for them or what they feel is going to work for them. Like you said, at the interview stage, when they're in their sort of probationary period or the first three months, to have that self-awareness and understanding is very freeing, I imagine. 100%. Like, that's something with me that I feel very free, especially as an assistant, because again, I don't have that many secrets. Now, does that mean that people might also block certain opportunities? Probably, maybe, I don't know, but I don't feel it that way for myself. And I have always felt very at peace. I think people have to really focus on being at internal peace with what happens in your life, what happens um, when you are honest and open and you are putting yourself out there to be vulnerable and, and to have people potentially take advantage of you being honest and, and other assistants maybe getting angry. I definitely have sensed even that, like sometimes assistants being 
maybe angry or seeing me get certain opportunities because I've said I don't necessarily want to be an assistant forever. Or again, certain opportunities potentially taken away from me. I've also seen that um, happen in my career. But I've been very at peace with it all because I think a lot of assistants also need to realize if you don't have the opportunities, go create them for yourself and just prove that it's a worthy idea. And I did that at Google recently where I started this um, talk series. It's also called More Than an Admin. And uh, I had no support on one of my former teams that I was on of doing anything with the admin community. And then I came to my current team and I like filled out all these forms to like get involved with these like committees and no one reached out to me. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to do this talk series by myself and just go for it. And I had over 300 people show up to the first, um, the first talk. I had so many amazing emails and that's because I just went for it. And I think a lot of times, um, don't be afraid of being yourself and being potentially shut down because you can also get very creative and create your own opportunities. And that's been a lot of my career is people saying no at first and then me being like, okay, that might be a no to you, but I'm still going to do this in a different way or find a way to, um, to get around that and turn it into a yes. And now like so many people are super supportive of specifically this like talk series at Google. And again, it was all because I just created the opportunity for myself. Yeah, I love that. It must um, it must be a really exciting moment for you taking this project forward. One thousand percent. And I don't think people talk about actually this aspect of business or their career where for me, I have been through a lot in my life, certain trauma, certain things in my personal life. And to be honest, like I feel as though this idea and learn what matters, a lot of things should have been pushed forward years ago. But I decided to, I wouldn't say like, you know, 100% hold myself back, but I definitely held myself back in a lot of ways because I couldn't get over that stuff to be able to be super productive, to actually launch something successfully and healthily. This is really, you know, we talked earlier, just us like about, I was alone for six months during the pandemic and that gave me so much clarity and healing that in 2021, I'm like, I'm, I'm gunning for everything I should have gotten years ago. And like, I am healed again. You're not, Oh, I wouldn't say you're healed 1000% of the time that you definitely have some ups and downs, but Mm -hmm. I have been so healed in the last year. I feel such freedom, such internal peace. And that's really for me, even more of the, the, just the excitement of launching something. I'm so excited to be in such a good place. Like genuinely, I think I've posted before, like oh, I'm like in a good place before, but I really feel that. And I've had a lot of people recently say, wow, you're like, so like in a different mindset, you're not talking about some of the things you've been through as much. And I think it's because I really took the time to heal. And I say to a lot of, the reason I'm saying this is a lot of people I think want to have their either big moment in their career, or they want to launch something, or they want to do something exciting or, or like flashy or whatever it is. But a lot of times the things that you're holding, the, a lot of times the things that we're holding ourselves back are like this, like not wanting to heal and not wanting to confront past experiences that were negative. And I really just want to encourage people who are listening to really look deep down inside because I'm so grateful that I didn't do more than an admin years ago. I'm so grateful for a lot of the things that I didn't do earlier in my life because I just feel like now the product that I'm in, the services that I'm doing are so much higher quality 
am better because of the growth I've done. And sometimes you don't know why things are blocked at a certain time, but you realize in hindsight that it was actually better to launch something or do something later on because you're just in a better headspace and you've actually healed more on your journey. Yeah, it's kind of painful at the time, isn't it? When you want to do something and yeah. it doesn't work out or you feel like it's not happening for whatever reason. But I, I think that timing is everything and you can't underestimate the importance I know from experiences in my life that have been really difficult, but can't underestimate the importance of allowing it to evolve when it's ready to evolve because it happens much more naturally. And I find that in people's careers across the board in people's lives, how they respond to situations that are happening around them. I think it's really exciting what you're doing. I'm going to be watching very closely to see how this evolves and develops because I love the idea of an honest conversation about people's aspirations and goals and where they want their lives to go and how they want to create that coming from the background or the common factor of working as an admin. Definitely. We did our first clubhouse meetup two weeks ago. And I remember one of the closing comments was, I was just so grateful that this conversation was real and talking about things we don't often talk about. And that for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like my favorite compliment to get. It's like, thank you for exploring things that we don't often talk about. And even more than an admin, to be honest, like I'm really trying to create something that no one else is doing. And I ask people, if you know someone that's doing the same exact messaging, let me know because I don't want to recreate the wheel. I think a lot of people kind of start organizations that are doing the same exact thing of other people, but they want to have their own thing for whatever reason. I've always wanted to do things that were that were different, that would have people join their organizations or their communities and also mine because it gives them a different flavor of things. It's not just like the same content, the same exact messaging. And I really want to create something for assistance that is often not talked about, that people feel that they're getting value that's different from others. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see where the journey lies. I'm excited to see what topics people want to discuss. I'm excited to see what kind of content people ask of me. And, uh, I mean, definitely excited to see where the journey leads. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for being with me today. How can people get in touch with you? Where are you? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, um, under my name, Mallory Rothstein, just know that I'm not great at responding to LinkedIn messages. If you actually want to message me, the best place is probably Instagram at, uh, I, at I learn with Mal or Twitter. It's the same handle Facebook. You can add me, um, where else in my clubhouse? Like we have a club called more than an admin, definitely join that. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the best places or by email. Um, and my email is at, or I learn what Mal at, uh, gmail.com that's perfect I'll put all the details in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you thank you so much for spending this time with me it's been really really lovely to hear what you've been doing and your plans for the future too thank you yes thank you so much for having me just an honor to be on your podcast I think I told you this in the beginning you're one of the podcasts I really really enjoy listening to um so I'm glad I could be on No, I'm really flattered. It's my guests that are the 
the stars of the podcast and that's the way that I like it <laughs> they're so also you're also a star because of the questions you ask <laughs> that's really sweet of you that's really sweet Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you can, can you help me spread the word about assistance together? I would be so grateful. If you can screenshot the episode and tag us in your maybe Instagram post or wherever else you want to post it, I would be so glad because I want other admins to an assistance to be able to find the podcast easily. And I know that there are lots of you out there that are listening, which is so great. And any help from you to spread the word about assistance together would be much, much appreciated. Have a lovely week. Take care.